Hi there, today is Wednesday, January the 4th, 2023. If you're watching this on the day it released here, uh, we're reading through Mark chapter 3 today. I'm looking for some key phrases and key things that stuck out to me. I'm trying to answer three questions also. What I learn about Jesus? What I learn about people? What's the next step I could take? And maybe you could as well. And at the end of our time, I'm going to read the entire chapter if you want to stick around for that part as well. As I'm looking through Mark chapter 3, there, there are a couple things that jump out just immediately. Uh, Mark 3 verse 11, we see that some impure spirits saw Jesus. They fell down before him. They cried out, you are the son of God. Why is that important to me? I don't know. Um, maybe it's because we're in the third chapter of Mark, and this is now the third time that we see some demons notice and recognize Jesus before people actually fully have. Third time in three chapters. It seems like maybe there's a whole spiritual realm of things happening that we don't always see and take note of, but it's real and it's there, and we see even the forces of hell noticing and recognizing Jesus. I, I love when I get the next little section where it says Jesus appoints the twelve. It says in verse 14, he appointed twelve that they might be with him. He might send them out to preach. It's important to me to note that he gathers 12 people together, 12 men together. And then he remembers the good news is not just the gathering. The good news is not just him. The good news is also the sending, the mission. So he sends them out to preach. And that's going to happen repeatedly throughout the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament. We'll see the followers of Jesus being sent out. If I keep going through here, um, I see, uh, oh shoot, I turned the page real quick. Let me go back just for a second. Jesus at the bottom of this page, page number 37 in these orange New Testaments we're reading from. Chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus is teaching and his family interrupt him. His family uh, hear that he's in this house teaching and they want to go take charge of him. They say he's out of his mind and the teachers of the law were also there. So his family says he's out of his mind. The teachers of the law, the ones that were, uh, they were educated in these things, they say he's possessed by Beelzebul, the devil. He's possessed by a demon. Right? And Jesus keeps teaching. Well, at the end of this chapter, at the end of this chapter, he is telling the people, I'm not possessed by a demon. How could I possibly be so? He gives a little, a little refute against that. But then he says at the end, Who are my mother and my brothers? Who's my family? Remember, the family says out of his mind. The teacher says possessed by a demon. Jesus says, Who is my family? That's a weird question to ask. People probably really did think he was out of his mind at this moment. What are you thinking, Jesus? But it says, then Jesus looked at those seated in a circle all around him, and he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. And I made a note right here in the empty space after that. I made a note that Jesus is a master at making the outsider into an insider, at bringing those who are far from him near to him. He's a master at making his family around the message and the mission of his kingdom. That is the common denominator. That's what Jesus always does. I love this redefining a family. I have often said to our staff here at the church, to our elders, and to people in our churches I've talked and preached and had conversations, one of my one of my deepest held convictions is that our church is to rediscover family the way Jesus intended for it to be. Well, how did he intend for it to be? I don't think it was simply based around bloodlines. I don't think it was simply based around affinities. I think family was intended to be centered around and focused upon the message and the mission of the kingdom and the will of God. Who are my mother and brothers? Well, here they are. 
Whoever does God's will is my brother, my sister, and mother. That's what Jesus said. I love that. Which then leads me to answer the question, what do I learn about Jesus right here? And what I learned about Jesus is that he is intentionally creating family. First the 12, we saw it earlier, as he called 12 and appointed them to send them to preach. And now with the people in this house, he's intentionally creating family. He's looking and calling and inviting people. I have this, this theory that when we begin to follow Jesus, we become a magnet for people to follow. Our culture is desperate, for hung, uh, desperate and hungry for family. And they will come and follow if you are intentional about making the outsiders and insiders around the message and the mission of the kingdom of God. What do we learn about people? I learn in this chapter of chapter 3, people are hungry for Jesus. They see something in him that they're missing, that they're lacking, and they want it. Even the teachers of the law, the ones that are, that are constantly attacking him and trying to trap him and things, they still keep hanging around for some reason. They're hungry for Jesus. And the next step that I might take and that you might take, if we're serious about redefining family and rediscovering family the way Jesus defined it, if we're serious about it, then we would do well, I would do well, to begin to reframe the way I view people. And I, I need to stop viewing them through the lens of what they used to do to me, how they used to be, their reputation, their former ways, their past, the, all the guilt in their life and all those things. I would do well to view them like Jesus. That when they surrender to the message of the kingdom of God, that God so loved them, he sent his son to die on the cross, they might have life and not death. And they're forgiven their past. I would do good to view them as a clean slate like Jesus does. And invite them into the family. So we together could rediscover family the way God intended it to be. And next up for you, reframe the way you view people. Let go of the past. Let God do a new thing and show you a new thing in people's lives. Some of us need to go at this point. And I know we have jobs to go to and school to go to and work and these things. And if you're going right now, then I would like to remind you that we never dismiss. We always send. And so church, until I see you again, you are sent. Now, if you're still with me though, I would love to take a chance to read Mark chapter 3 to you without commentary, without addition, just to read the words of this gospel so you could listen for God to speak to you as well. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him, them or him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Oh, then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. So he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And so he stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Well, then the Pharisees went out and they began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. And Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about all that he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. And because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. 
for he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him, and they cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. And then Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he called to them those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law, who came down from Jerusalem, said, He is possessed by Beelzebul. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. And so Jesus called them over to him, and he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Oh, then he can plunder the strong man's house. Now, Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. Oh, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, and standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? he asked. And then he looked at those seated in a circle around him, and he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the words here in Mark chapter 3. I thank you that you have shown us that there are better versions of family than the ones we've experienced. I'm thankful that you've shown us there is better, better purpose in this world, in this life, than what we have known before. And I'm thankful, Father, that in you, those things all come together. I am thankful that we find our family wrapped around your purpose and we don't have to walk alone. And Father, I pray that you would send us, you would guide us, you would provide for us, you would sustain us every single step of the way. I pray for good things to come in your kingdom, for lives, for families, for communities, for nations to be transformed. And I pray to come through your family. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.